You're listening to Kyle Warren. So President Biden today saying that all of the depositors who had deposits in the SVB Bank, Signature Bank, which was taken over just yesterday by the FDIC as well, that they're going to be made whole. And of course, that's going to be the message. I'm sure that the president, the federal government, the FDIC, Treasury, they all want to project because arguably there are a lot of people out there wondering, is this just the beginning of something much larger something that could really start affecting many different areas of the economy. So this is a big story. It really, really is. We're going to talk about it right here, right now. Stay with us, folks. All right. Welcome, everyone around the globe and across the net. Kyle Warren with you. And welcome, of course, to the Monday edition of the program. And it's Monday, March the 13th, 2023. And boy, do we have an awful lot to tell you about on the program today. And of course, later on tonight or early tomorrow morning, depending on your time zone, I'll be talking more about this, of course, with Captain Matt Bruce on his program, the Captain's America Third Watch radio program. You can go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's KyleWarrenShow.com for links to listen live to the captain's flagship station of AM860, The Answer, right there in Tampa, Florida. We also have the GCN uh, network feed link there as well at KyleWarrenShow.com. You can also go to the Captain's America ThirdWatch.com if you'd like to listen live. And, of course, we take phone calls, and we will tell you all of the latest things that are happening, of course, with this banking issue and, of course, all the other breaking news and political news from around the country uh, as it happens in the overnights on uh, the Captain's America Third Watch radio program. Glad to be with you again, of course, today here on this program. It is the Kyle Warren Show. I'm Kyle Warren. And uh, as I said, let's get started because we have so much to talk about today. Well, earlier today, President Joe Biden, of course, came out and wanted to allay fears. And it was interesting what Jen Psaki said. Evidently, he came out at 9 a.m. in the morning and she said he never does anything at 9 a.m. in the morning. So I think it does point up the idea that the message that the administration wants to give, of course, is one of stability, safety. The banking system is safe. Um, But we're going to hear the president here real briefly. And then we have an audio clip from Kevin O'Leary. Many of you know him uh, from Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful. And he has a very, very interesting perspective on what the president talked about and what the federal government is doing in response uh, to this uh, these latest banking failures. So let's listen to the president and we'll go from there. Before I uh, leave for California, I want to briefly speak about what's happening in Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Last week, when we learned of the problems of the banks and the impact they could have on jobs of small businesses and banking system overall, I instructed my team to act quickly to protect these interests. They've done that. 
All right. So there you have President Biden talking about what they're doing and the fact that they're going to guarantee these deposits. Now, there's certainly going to be a lot of people um, who had money in SVB Bank and, of course, even Signature Bank. And by the way, there was a bank called Silvergate, I believe, and they actually started to wind down voluntarily. Uh, so they weren't necessarily shut down arbitrarily. They were winding down. But Signature Bank was shut down yesterday on Sunday. SVB Bank, of course, shut down on Friday. And uh, because it looks like in so many ways, this was an old fashioned run on the bank. Uh, but there are different reasons for that um, as well. And certainly now the climate is going to change for banking. But as I mentioned, Kevin O'Leary, and I want to try and get as much in as this of this as we can in this first segment. Let's listen to Kevin O'Leary. He appeared on CNN, and I think it's that morning show with Don Lemon. Uh, but uh, he had some very interesting things to say. Let's listen in uh, to his perspective here. This amazing events that have transpired over the last several days. I want to bring in Shark Tank Judge Kevin O'Leary, who is the chairman of O'Leary Ventures and is here to join us. What are you hoping to hear from, from President Biden? Well, I think I know what he's going to say. Um, I think I don't think he'll say it in the way I'm suggesting. But what effectively happened over the weekend is that he nationalized the American banking system. It's no longer a risk. It's no longer private in any sense. It is now backstopped by the government, ultimately the taxpayer. So it doesn't matter how bad you are as a bank manager, and a good example is what happened at Silicon Valley Bank. That was a combination of a negligent board of directors and idiot management. That's a very powerful cocktail when put together, and it completely wiped out that bank. And that's what should have happened. And we knew before the weekend started that every account with $250,000 or less was insured, and anything beyond that, which is generally business accounts or sophisticated investors, was not. But that's all changed. Now you have no risk in any bank anytime, and you as the taxpayer bear that going forward. When we spoke on Friday, you said, I said, how big a deal is this, Kevin? And we were texting, you said, next week the real trouble starts when they can't make payroll. Now it looks like they will be making payroll, I would imagine. So what do you think? Do you think that um, maybe the, you know, the pressure is off now, that things are going to go back to normal, or is there still more fallout here? No, they'll never go back to normal. Two things are going to happen. This, this quick move, this policy decision, was to try and stop a run on small banks, mid-term, mid-sized banks. I don't think long-term that's going to work because why would you take even 1% of risk keeping your money, or at least all of it, in a small regional bank? You're going to diversify. And I think that's the first lesson that wasn't being uh, adhered to, is when you have liquid assets you want to make sure it's diversified and the rule we've put in place for our portfolio companies is no more than 20 percent in any one financial institution because you never know where the black swan is swimming in other words every single institution has an idiot manager you big ones small ones that's been proven by history. You just don't know where they are. Okay, let's stop right there just for time reasons. We may hear a little bit more from Kevin O'Leary, but what he's talking about is really powerful. Now, certainly nobody begrudges someone who needs to make payroll and these kinds of things, and certainly this is something that that's the black swan. That's where it was swimming. It was swimming in Silicon Valley Bank, but the idea what of what he said was very powerful in that he mentioned that term nationalizing or effectively nationalizing the banks. 
Stay right there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Hi folks, Kyle Warren here. Those of you who hear me throughout the week on the Captain's America Third Watch radio show know that Captain Matt Bruce tells all the listeners about the great people and the great products at MyPillow. He's asked me to tell all the listeners to this program as well about the amazing products that MyPillow has to offer. From the brand new MyPillow 2.0 to the Giza sheets, the slippers, and the unbelievable towel sets, just to name a few, MyPillow has so much to offer. By the way, everyone in my family sleeps on a MyPillow. Mrs. Professor gave me a pair of the MyPillow slippers for Christmas, and she enjoys hers too. You know, we sleep on the Giza sheets every night, and we absolutely love them. So, go to MyPillow.com, that's MyPillow.com, scroll down to the Radio Listener Specials page, and when you've made your choices and you're ready to check out, be sure to use the promo code CAPTAIN. That's all you need, promo code CAPTAIN and you're all set. Now, if you'd rather order over the phone, simply dial 1-800-641-5459. That's 1-800-641-5459. And be sure again to use the promo code CAPTAIN, and you'll be helping out this program as well as the CAPTAIN's program, and we really appreciate it. Once again, go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code CAPTAIN. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVETS service officer or to learn more, visit After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah, that crisp, refreshing taste. That smooth style. That effervescing attitude. And without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. I'd like to hear from you about the things we're talking about on the program. Go to kylewarrenshow.com, click on Send Kyle a Message, or send it to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Show. Edwards Notebook. Class is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. Yes, it is. And thank you very much, Mr. Ron Edwards. We're going to hear a brand new Edwards Notebook a little bit later on here in the broadcast. And once again, folks, go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com. There you can find out more about the program. Program, rather, you can subscribe to the podcast. And you can also find me on social media, send me a direct message, all that and much more at kylewarrenshow.com. And guess what? We're on Rumble now. we got a link there as well. And uh, we keep going up and up and up. 
just as the music is doing right there. And that is for one reason and one reason only. And that, of course, is you, the listener. Thank you once again uh, for joining us. Thank you for sharing the program on social media, for liking the posts, uh, for telling your friends about the program. And once again, welcome to everybody uh, that's finding me on this program from my appearances six nights a week with the captain himself, Captain Matt Bruce, uh, with the Captain's America Third Watch radio program uh, from his flagship station of AM860, The Answer, there in Tampa, Florida, going out along many of the Salem Media Group stations, but also along the Genesis Communication Network uh, radio network as well. Uh, So we're very, very happy, very proud. It is the fastest growing overnight radio program in America. Last I heard, it was 270 plus uh, affiliates. I'm sure it's more than that at this point. In fact, I'll check, uh, but it continues to grow. In fact, uh, we just brought on different affiliates uh, just the other night. And uh, so once again, You know, it's always great to hear from people, and it's always great that people are finding me here on this program from my appearances with Captain Matt Bruce. Uh, Well, once again, folks, uh, and and again, go to KyleWarrenShow.com for links to all, to everything, and uh, we hope to see you there as well. Okay, so as we were talking about right at the beginning of the program today, Kevin O'Leary, of course, had some very interesting things, and and, uh, I want to go through his interview just a tad more. Um, and by the way, we got some other great stuff to talk about on the program today, too. Uh, interesting opinion piece about the Supreme Court. I mean, you got to you have to fasten your seatbelt uh, for for this one. Um, but uh, also, of course, uh, we'll be taking a look at many of the other uh, stories of the day, the political issues and so forth. Um, but first, because this banking issue is really crucial. It's really crucial um, because if if people start to lose confidence, and I did hear this mention, the idea that confidence in the system is based on confidence in the systems. And from what I understand, a famous uh, economist had said something like that at one point. But it it uh, it sounds like a sort of circular reasoning, but it I think it's exactly right uh, because once again, perception of the economy is so important, and if we don't have uh, a confidence consumer, and in this case, a confident depositor, uh, then uh, then we're going to start to see some real uh, real problems uh, that are not only going to be generated by the conditions, but also by the reactions as well. Oh, and by the way, by the way, uh, <clears throat> this whole thing with uh, it, right, raising the interest rates again this week uh, when the Fed meets, um, I think could also um, send a very, very bad message out there to the markets. Uh, um, because uh, one of the things, of course, that a lot of this has to do with why the depositors are trying to get their money out of the bank to, to begin with is the difference, the huge difference now in interest rates, especially as it relates to treasury bills, from what I understand. So raising the interest rates again this week to, quote unquote, fight inflation doesn't seem like that's going to be the best idea, at least won't send the right message at this time. And if they want to try to buck up the economy and make everybody think that it's all a-okay and it's totally safe, well, then don't take another measure like that, uh, which once again, I think, brings more uncertainty and uh, begins to, uh, to, to really squelch the notion of trying to get the economy going, get people confident. And, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but it seems like just a couple of short years ago, when we didn't have inflation and interest rates were incredibly low, 
comparatively, right? Uh, you know, uh, if, if almost non-existent to some degree, there was an exuberance out there. There was something about the economy where a lot of people, I think, felt like things were going pretty well. Uh, now, uh, COVID and all that, I un understand, factors into that. But generally speaking, the notion would be that when you have low inflation and you have low interest rates, that the economy can thrive organically, that people can uh, go out and do these ventures and so forth. And that's what it's supposed to be all about. Now, what Kevin O'Leary was talking about, and of course, I'm sure so many of us have watched him on uh, uh, on uh, Shark Tank. And sometimes you agree with them, and sometimes you don't agree with them, or or whatever. He you know he passes on this product, but loves this other product, and so forth. It's interesting to see how the the players that play at his level. Um, actually do evaluate things. I think that's always uh, instructive. Um, but in this particular case, um, you know, he's talking about the idea of effectively nationalizing the bank and taking away all risk. So there, and I think his main point, at least the first part of that segment, was that it's the notion that if you don't manage things well, if you're incompetent on things, um, that the government's going to come out and just bail you out. Now, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing necessarily moving forward in terms of the system that we th that we work within. Uh, but let's let's continue to listen to a little bit more of what Kevin O'Leary said. I think it's important to get some perspective on all these whole these the, these events. And the other thing that he mentioned too, I thought was really interesting: the idea that you never know, and, and this just comes from experience, I'm sure, you never know where the black swan is swimming. So it, within that phraseology, that tells me that it is something that a lot of times comes out of left field. Um, and then in retrospect, um, you can sort of piece all the pieces together and say, aha, now I see this pattern. But, but until that emerges, uh, you may not know where that black swan is swimming, uh, as, as the metaphor goes. Uh, so let's continue to listen a little bit more to Kevin O'Leary on CNN sector of the economy, but the banking system's different. We have 11 sectors in our economy. The banking system, financial services, is one of them, but it services all other 10. So what's really happening when the president steps out in a few moments is he's basically saying, look, I can't take this risk anymore. I'm just going to nationalize the whole thing. And that's the way we should look at banking going forward. Nothing more than highly regulated utilities. And that has profound impacts for you as an investor. If you thought putting your money into bank stocks was a good idea, you should change your mind this morning forever. And should you own bank bonds? Never. You were taught that lesson over the weekend. If you owned equity in Silicon Valley Bank, it's worthless. If you Kevin, own the bonds, but it's Kevin, worthless. I, Kevin, I, I, so I who, think... Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, Kevin. I just I do want to push back on that because you've got to differentiate between the small and medium-sized banks that were given more lax requirements in that 2018 legislation and the big guys because the big guys closed up on Friday and there's a flight to safety to J.P. Morgan, to Citigroup, et cetera. That doesn't mean they're, you know, you, you should not assume that just because they're big, they can't fail. Managers make mistakes all no, the time. No, but they are held it's to your higher. Wait, wait. But they are held to stress test requirements, higher capital and liquidity requirements because of Dodd Frank. That didn't get diminished for those big ones. And you should assume that 
stage is going to be lifted even higher on them. So they're going to be even more regulated as they become more concentrated and far less profitable. That's my point. This really does make you think about owning bank stocks long term. I think they'll be underperforming the index for decades to come. That's my personal opinion. But it's the behavior of you as an investor in the actual accounts. If you're a business, you can't put it all in one financial institutions. Certainly, everybody learned that lesson over the weekend. So diversification is going to matter. But this has fundamentally changed the way you should look at banking because I'm not really comfortable that all of a sudden we've de-risked everybody all of the time. It was a good idea to de-risk $250,000 and make more sophisticated investors think about their behavior and how they should put their capital to work, get diversity. You don't have to do that anymore, according to what the president's going to say. <laughs> so there you have Kevin O'Leary. And we wanted to let that run just a little bit because it is so fundamentally important uh, to to the uh, to the environment of of banking, investing and venture capital and people taking risks in order to make uh, uh, you know their product happen or their business happen. You know, this is this is a fundamental change. And I think what he's saying is uh, is is incredibly uh, uh, not not prophetic, but but uh, but he's he's saying, look, the, the the lay of the land has changed now. So now we'll see exactly what happens after that. Quick break, folks. Stay right there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. A short time out, then back with more. So stay right there. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on The Kyle Warren Show. If anyone doesn't believe that Joe Biden, the rest of the Socialist Democrats, and their rhino lackeys are scheming to destroy this republic beyond repair, I pray that they see the light before it's much too late. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Ever since Trump left office, government officials like Joe Biden, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, Nasty Pelosi, and others have made sure the United States is on pace for a soon-to-come economic and possible military calamity she may not recover from. Our gross domestic product growth rate lags behind Russia, which is fully engaged in the effort to crush Biden's corrupt buddy Zelensky and his alleged human trafficking, money laundering Ukraine. Biden's no secure border policy could soon result in the United States completely overrun by illegals. Man, oh man, U.S. military is focused on its diversity and lowering standards while Chinese soldiers are training harder than ever before as they prepare to take Taiwan. The United States of America must turn away from her utter foolishness before China checkmates our republic. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. See ya. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Park away, baby, as you walk through the office. You should see me on the freeway. 
right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through and rocketing through this Monday edition of the program. And once again, don't forget, you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com. And there you can find links to the uh, podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast. And by the way, uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Republic, uh, Player FM, and uh, many others. Talkstream Live. Uh, you can find links over there as well for the podcast. And if you, you can subscribe through there as well, I believe. Um, also, of course, now we're on Rumble. And uh, we just added that over the weekend and already getting some good response from that. And uh, we really appreciate it. So if you're on Rumble, uh, go on over there, search Kyle Warren Show or simply go to KyleWarrenShow.com. We got a link uh, to the Rumble channel over there. And uh, we would appreciate it if you'd follow the program, leave some comments and uh, maybe even uh, share the video uh we sure appreciate it we're working on uh, uh making better videos at this point uh but right now we've got the audio of the program but we wanted to reach out to a a, a new audience as well try to expand the program so uh, we appreciate everybody's help and support on that uh as well um okay so uh just shift gears here a little bit from the banking issue which is going to continue and by the way i'm sure that captain matt bruce and i will be talking about this in the overnights later on on the radio uh, on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program. But the issue of Kamala Harris... Uh, is now starting to really um, uh, take uh, take off here, I think. Um, and that, of course, because Senator Elizabeth Warren, no relation, of course, um, you know, had made some comments about Joe Biden. And if I recall correctly, something about, well, when asked about whether Kamala Harris should be on the ticket, well, Joe Biden's going to, you know, defer, I'll defer to his, you know, making his team or things like that. And evidently that did not sit well with Vice President Harris. And so evidently, um, uh, Senator Warren um, has been uh, trying to call and, quote, apologize or something or talk to uh, to uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, but she's not taking her phone calls right now. But it does point up this larger issue, my friends, about what's happening out there uh, in terms of Democrats not wanting Joe Biden, I think, in a very, very meaningful way, they don't want Joe Biden. But at the same time, they really don't want Kamala Harris. Um, so they are in a real quandary here. Now, of course, Vice uh, President Biden uh, had said recently that he'll announce when he announces it, I guess. Um, but is this really the ticket moving forward? Well, Anna Navarro, evidently, she's uh, one of the co-hosts on The View. She had some pretty strong, um, strong feelings about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, moving forward as the uh, as the as the ticket, basically, in 2024. Now, first of all, I, I just got to preface it with this. You know, typically the president of the United States is running again. OK, when you're a first term president, you're going to be running again, uh, barring some other major thing. Right. Barring something else. Uh, so that's different than, uh, say, LBJ, who said he wouldn't seek another term, um, you know, and, and came, came out to sort of make that clear. Um, it's different uh, than that. And I don't think that it's it's really in the modern era. We can really find a really good example of a president in their first term not trying to seek a second term. 
But all of this is, it's also mysterious, right? It's also mysterious that somehow, well, is he going to announce? And is he really going to be the nominee? And is he too old? And they're looking at the polls and, and so forth. And, well, old is relative in, in so many ways. Not, you know, every 80-year-old person is not built and has the same capabilities as every other 80-year-old person. Age affects people in many different ways. Um, but now, generally speaking, is the electorate maybe looking for um, just an overall change? In other words, are they looking for an overall change from Biden versus Trump? Or will it just be Biden and then it'll just be Trump again? This kind of thing in terms of who's going to face off in the election. I personally think that there's a lot of voters out there who likely want to have just a fresh uh, slate for both parties at this point. And that remains to be seen. Uh, but certainly world events they enter into this in a very, very big way. What happens, uh, what continues to happen in Ukraine, what may happen with China, uh, going after Taiwan, um, it all depends um, as, we, as we continue to move through time here. So it's not just, it's not a repeat. It won't be a repeat of 2020. Even if, even if it was Trump versus Biden, I don't think it'd necessarily just be a, a repeat. Um, but, um, but at this point, you're going to have a lot of people and the list, it looks like, sounds like rather Anna Navarro, uh, has some pretty choice, uh, uh, choice, uh, words and perspective for those who evidently might be eh, maybe not so happy with Kamala Harris at this point, or I guess, or even Joe Biden, but let's listen in and see what she has to say. The hell is wrong with Democrats? Listen, here's the bottom line, guys. Joe Biden's going to be your nominee. Stop talking about how old he is. And Kamala Harris is going to be your vice president. So stop fretting, stop wringing your hands, and get behind your ticket, because on the other side, your alternative is Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. So you tell me what you prefer. And I, you know, I, I, I love this. I love that they said in this story, I don't know if it's true, that Kamala is not, that uh, Madam Vice President is not responding to the calls from Senator Warren. Good. If they are going to be doing this, don't show up to fundraise for them. Don't show up to campaign for them. Don't pick up their phone calls. Get with the program. Surprise. Get, get with the program. That's right. Don't pick up their phone calls. And it's this is good. By the way, that's from uh, Fox Digital, Fox News Digital, I believe. Um, but there you have it. That you got to get with the program. And if you don't get with the program, then somehow you're, uh, you know, you're a, a party trader or something like that. You know. Like I said, I, I think it would have been much more of a foregone conclusion if the if this had been, for lack of a better expression, a typical uh, iteration of a presidential administration without the issues that Joe Biden has so clearly demonstrated. OK, and again, and I'm not trying to be mean and I never have tried to be mean about the obvious problems that Joe Biden is is enduring and that he that he suffers from. And, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing him, but I'm a person and I can tell that sometimes he seems like he's not OK. And I and again, I don't say that to be mean spirited or anything. Um, at the same time, Kamala Harris was brought onto the ticket. She never really got votes. OK, um, in the primaries or anything like that. In fact, she kind of cleared out of the primaries pretty early on. But she was brought in uh, again, I think, as a um, um, as a, as a way of trying to solidify the, the ticket and, and so forth. But 
she's been given ample opportunity. And, you know, we don't really talk about Kamala Harris a whole lot, but in, from my perspective, this was a dream job. I mean, what one of the greatest jobs in the world certainly would be to be the vice president of the United States of America. And she was was rocketed into that position and she was given some opportunities and she never made good on them. She never took the ball and ran with it. If anything, I mean, it just, I don't know if it's a personality problem or did the laughing and all the cackling and all the stuff, but people laugh, people can cackle about things, but she never really seemed to have the rubber meet the road when it came to these big issues. Now, did Joe Biden put her in charge of the quote unquote, the border, you know, whatever, just to make her look bad or who knows it's an impossible task or this kind of thing. But honestly, and just metaphorically, she should have rolled up her sleeves and 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 did something with it, uh, with as opposed to I'm going to get to the root causes of this migration and all this kind of thing. And on and on it went, and it just doesn't ring true. It doesn't make any sense uh, the way that uh, that she she went about this because it cer- certainly just was not. It was not uh, a, a, a a good fit for her. And it's and it's really unfortunate, uh, but uh, but she's demonstrated as well. So you got Joe Biden on the one side, that he's demonstrating that he may not really be up to this task. He he's not up to uh, to the uh, to to the pressure and all the stuff, because it seems to take its real toll on him because of whatever ailments that he has. Um, and then you have Kamala Harris, who has demonstrated that she's not able to take the ball and run with it. She's not able to actually um, make something out of this position. So she shouldn't just get reelected and Biden as well, just because they're the incumbents. And I think that's what Democrats are actually looking at right now. And so, but watch for this kind of reaction to say, well, wait a minute. No, you're not part of the team. You're not a team player here. You know, you're, you're not, um, um, you know, on the right side with this. So I think people are biding their time. Governor of New Jersey, we understand, has now said he's a thousand percent behind Joe Biden. Well, I think a lot of politicians are going to say that because they want to hedge their bets. They want to say, I was never for not having party unity. Um, But they are waiting for Joe Biden perhaps to say that he's not going to run. But I think it's increasingly looking like he will run. But uh, but still, there are those who might not want him to. All right. Stay right there. This is Chicago style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You can do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. 
Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station on behalf of EPA's plug into e-cycling partnership. EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plugin. In sports, five games were featured in Hockey Action last year. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Have you saved a life today? We organize a blood drive at our school. My blood type is O. They really need that. Have you saved a life today? I have cancer, but I make sure all my friends know how important it is to give blood. My blood helps heart patients or accident victims. Have you saved a life today? No, but today, someone's blood saved my son. The American Red Cross. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. I'd like to hear from you about the things we're talking about on the program. Go to KyleWarrenShow.com, click on Send Kyle a Message, or send it to my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Kyle Warren Show. You're listening to Kyle Warren. there might be trouble in Democrat Socialist Paradise. There just might be some trouble that's going on right now because AOC and others are not happy with Joe Biden on a particular issue. And by the way, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue to race through and to rocket through uh, this Monday edition of the program. Once again, go to KyleWarrenShow.com to subscribe to the podcast. We sure appreciate it. Um, Okay, so AOC not happy. Uh, This from Fox News. Several top Democrat lawmakers, including Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, heavily criticized President Joe Biden on Monday after his administration approved a massive oil drilling project in Alaska. The Democrats argued that the decision moving forward with the Willow Project, an oil drilling project forecasted to produce 614 million barrels of crude oil over its 30-year lifespan, contradicts Biden's broader climate agenda. They also indicated that the only acceptable outcome would be for the have been for the president to completely reject the project. <laughs> I kid you not. We don't make this stuff up, folks. We don't make it up. Um, okay, so trouble, trouble in paradise. Um, you know, the president had also um, uh, restricted some uh, vast, vast areas 
um, as well, just over uh, the last couple of days here, um, such that they could never be developed. Now, I think that uh, uh, for energy, uh, but I think that, of course, that could be reversed by some other presidential order uh, sometime in the future. But for the president to approve this project instead of just telling everybody to go buy an electric car uh, is, uh, is really something. <laughs> it's it's really something and it's sticking in the craw of course of some of these um, some of these uh, democrats uh the biden administration has combined has has committed to fighting climate change and advancing environmental justice today's decision to approve the willow project fails to live up to those promises Ocasio-Cortez said in a joint statement with representatives Raul Grijalva, Democrat out of Arizona, Jared Huffman out of California, and Senator Ed Markey, Democrat out of Massachusetts, quote, their decision, their decision ignores, quote, the irrefutable science that says we must stop building projects like this to slow the ever more devastating impacts of climate change, unquote. Well, what about the people that actually live in Alaska? And, and what about the energy, uh, the energy requirements that we actually really do have for real people uh, to, uh, to uh, put real gas uh, in their gas tanks, put real gas in their real gas tanks? I remember Charles Krauthammer, uh, uh, he had a saying uh, like that about, you know, real people putting real gas in their real gas tanks, basically. And it always stuck with me because it's really true. Um, and so... In order for our country to be strong and for our country to be uh, for our own national security, we have to be able to develop energy and, um, um, you know, to simply believe or somehow criticize because you think this just doesn't this doesn't just doesn't go along with the overall climate problem or climate project that you have um, is really something. But I do think there's part of it is this. OK, I do think that part of it is Joe Biden trying to start to balance out. It's never going to be balanced, but it tried to do a few things here or there that he can claim in a campaign that says, I did this, I did that. I, uh, you know, I went against the criticisms of, of the, you know, the wacky left in my party and I did it anyway. And therefore I still should be your president. You know, I just, I think they, they, they sort of hide these things away or, or squirrel these things away uh, for, you know, so that they can point to that in a campaign and try to say, look, we, we did this. Um, but nevertheless, true to form, AOC and the rest of them, they're all going to they're all going to say the same kind of thing. They're all going to be uh, just up in arms about this kind of thing. But also, as I mentioned, national security, if we're energy independent, you guess what? We don't have to buy oil from countries that hate us. It's just that simple. I think I've said it a million times almost. Right. Um, if we if we're not buying stuff from people that hate us, uh, that actually improves our national security. It means that we can conduct foreign policy and let the chips fall where they may, and we can do the right thing, and we don't have to constantly temper it with, well, I don't know. I mean, we may not be able to buy so much oil, and we don't have to go hat in hand to the crown prince, even, you know, even in Saudi Arabia, and ask for more oil, right? And um, it, it just... Um, to me, that seems like that just kind of is a no-brainer. All right. Uh, this is a, an article from uh, Raw Story. Uh, it's entitled, A Guarantee of Anarchy 
law professor warns Supreme Court as a, quote, threat to the whole system. <laughs> in, in a grim column for The Atlantic, American University law professor Kimberly, Kimberly Welly, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, warns that the Supreme Court, with the 6-3 to three conservative majority, has become, quote, a threat, unquote, to the country as it runs roughshod over previous rulings while usurping powers of the executive and legislative branch unchecked. <laughs> right? Is that, is that what they're doing? Um, as she explains, using recent rulings include the highly controversial overturning of Roe v. Wade last year, the court bolstered by three far-right justices appointed by former President Donald Trump, has taken on cases that exposed the right-wing's majority appetite for asserting massive power under uh, the auspices of judicial review. Well, I got news um, for this for this person. Uh, well, the Roe v. Wade um, decision, while controversial, in my estimation, returned the decisions back to the states because it was not it was found to not have a uh, legitimate foundational structure within the Constitution as the Constitution was written. So that's something that Congress can actually change, right? There's an, you can make an amendment. Uh, you could do all kinds of things, right? But in order to simply say, well, we believe that it's there, we're going to, we're going to act as though it's there, that's actually the opposite of usurping. That's actually returning power back to the people and letting the people make the decision about these things. And I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole with Roe v. Wade, but when you're saying that they're usurping and all this kind of stuff, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, case in point, she notes as how the court ruled on the two hot topics of abortion in its controversial Dobbs ruling and guns. What will constrain this court, question mark? Not, a, not its constitutional philosophy and not respect of, for precedent either. The decision in Dobbs was stunning, not just because it gutted a constitutional right many counted on, but it also was a snub to the, in, to the vitality of judicial precedent itself, which has long operated as a check on the power of the Supreme Court, she wrote. Okay. Well, but again, the idea is that if something is found to not be constitutional, I'm just speaking generally here, and the Supreme Court is able to review it because something else came up about it, well, then that is part of how the Supreme Court generally, how the, uh, uh, how the, uh, uh, the actions of the Supreme Court are supposed to unfold. And there is separations of powers. Um, in fact, I think it's much more, uh, I, I wonder if this law professor would be much more in arms about the idea of Joe Biden saying, hey, I'm going to forgive all these loans. Uh, does he really have the power to do that? Now, the administration's making that argument to the Supreme Court um, as we speak, basically. Um, but uh, when you talk about usurpations, well, the president can't just simply come out and say, by the way, now I'm now I'm in charge of the purse strings. I thought that was Congress's job, 
this kind of thing. So it goes on and on. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think the Supreme Court is now a threat to the whole system? It doesn't seem to be that way to me. Um, but if anything, what we're losing, though, is the ability to simply talk about um, rationally and thoughtfully the issues having to do with our Constitution. Folks, thank you for listening to the program today. Uh, we'll see you again here next time. And also we'll see you on the radio tonight. So until then, everybody out there around the globe. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Take care out there. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. I'd like to hear from you about the things we're talking about on the program. Go to KyleWarrenShow.com, click on Send Kyle a Message, or send it to my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Kyle Warren Show.